Welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Stu. Unfortunately, Bradley is off sick this week. Yeah, he's got the lurgy. We don't know what's wrong with him. He just moaned, clutched his brow, got his delicate little lace handkerchief out and started wafting it around his face. All the usual, you know, all that kind of normal stuff. So, yeah, anyway, in all seriousness, hope he's better soon. So, shout out to you, Brad. Lots of love, mate. And, of course, I'll be bringing you all the usual wit, charm, intelligence, all of those things that you would expect. There you go, that's the first joke of the episode. It'll be a bit truncated, but I'll hopefully keep you entertained for half an hour, whatever. So the first game I want to talk about this week is Resident Evil Village, aka Resident Evil 8. Now, I've been a fan of Resi for since the moment it came out. I had a great uh, memory of playing the original with my mate back in the day, and I was <laughs> I was in the middle of smoking a joint and I didn't know what was what was going on or what to do next and. Um, and my mate recommended looking inside the the Wolf of the West book or whatever it's called, rather than just staring ponderously at its cover in the options and in the inventory rather. And well, lo and behold, you investigate, and inside is is the Wolf Medal, and then you can enter that into the statue next to the thing, and in the water drains from the thing, and you go down the thing, and it's so good. And you know, it, I mean, it seems like charmingly simplistic in retrospect but it was at the time it was like oh my god you can open up this 3d object and there's another 3d object inside it and that's just in the menus so yeah it was a, that was a big leap forward at the time <laughs> yeah it does seem silly saying it now but that was the charm of the games the charm of the games was that it was exploration and it was discovery and it was solving fairly simple puzzles but in a kind of fairly mechanical and physical way that felt a little bit more interactive than anything you'd done before. There was some similar stuff in Tomb Raider, but, you know, it was more find the key and then that'll unlock this thing rather than, you know, you place these objects in a certain order and it'll unlock it. And yet again, basic by today's standards, but back in the day it was a revelation. And there we are in the present day playing the supposed eighth iteration it's more like the 25th if you encounter all the if you count all the side stories as well and it's going from strength to strength well it is and it isn't it depends on your point of view i'm always happy to have change uh, me and brad have always said like it's great having new directions in the series so there's been sort of in the mainline series there's been two huge changes the first was resident evil 4 which took it from the static camera to the movable camera tank controls behind the th- you know in the third person over the shoulder perspective and then resident evil 7 brought in the first person view and resident evil village number eight has this view as well and the same protagonist so is it any good yeah it's mu- it's 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 a really good game it's a better game than seven which i thought was all right but it had its flaws i thought it started great as a almost pure horror game and then it kind of ended up being much more of an action game uh with enemies that not particularly fantastic the boss fights were good but i thought the standard enemies were not great for the series and this takes another direction again and it goes like very gothic it goes back to it doesn't even really go back to it it's it starts off a new trend in 
following Hammer Horror kind of stylings. So the original game is very Romero, you know, it's it's traditional zombies with the odd bioweapon thrown in. And there's underground labs and there's, you know, old old mansions. Whereas this is much more dusty castles, over-the-top caricature creatures and lichens, werewolves, you know, vampire-style enemies. It, it starts off for the first, you know, half of the game even being very much like that. And then it starts to sort of steal things from other games, which is fine. And it's it goes a bit more, well, I'd say wider horror game, you know. It, it starts bringing in other psychological and creep factors that start getting reminiscent of Silent Hill in its heyday. And then right at the end, it's sort of very later Silent Hill. It's a factory setting. Spoilers, sorry. Yeah, the spoilers for the game. <laughs> Should have said, it's quite old now, so, you know, I, I protect myself with my shield of journalistic integrity or whatever you call it. So... Yeah, it, it goes to a state where it's a little bit more predictable and a bit over long, I would say. So uh, it does outstay its welcome by a slight amount, only by a few hours and only if you're playing it through the first time. But generally speaking, it's great. It's got great combat, nice movement. It's got beautiful visuals. The, the, the RE engine is, is really great for this kind of thing. It, it does high contrast shadows really really well just out of the box so you get that atmospheric hit of when you're walking around this sort of titular village it actually feels like you know this kind of garish over the top place with really hot bright colors in some places and really hard stark shadows in others and it's you know that's a very hammerish kind of thing to do and i really appreciate that it that generating that atmosphere is really not that easy it's expensive and time consuming and they've done a great job with it especially in the early game and it really does kind of peak towards the sort of second third of the game really with the third act being a bit superfluous but it's got a good story it's got some great dialogue in there uh one uh, where one of the bosses takes the piss out of chris which is absolutely superb right near the end and all sorts it's it's really really good now i played it with the well two things actually i played it within the third person mod so i bought it cheap and then i bought the dlc which wasn't particularly cheap but i really wanted to play it in third person because i enjoy resi games in that style very much more than first and really enjoyed that i don't think purists would like it very much because it kind of doesn't work properly <laughs> it kind of unbalances the experience a little bit maybe makes it a little bit easier but definitely makes it less scary but i don't mind that for me it's prime resident evil is supposed to be kind of tense atmospheric and you know you're supposed to see your guy take more damage and stuff like that that's fine for me but a lot of people will feel it's it's much less scary and a lot less immersive so it's going to be purely down to personal taste i'd say if you're not sold on the idea don't pay for the dlc wait till it's a couple of quid or it's even free sometime in many years time and then replay the game and it'll feel like you're playing it from scratch um i also bought uh, infinite weaponry like i bought all the weapon like i bought the dlc that gives you all the weapons and infinite ammo uh and just kind of sort of cheesed my way through it like that it still wasn't easy i still died loads because not knowing the boss patterns not knowing where enemies appear not knowing their attack routines you can still get overwhelmed really fast it's a difficult game i didn't use the block very much and it's got a block button i think using that would kind of transform it a little bit 
So yeah, it is a little over long, but what's great about it is you can still do a really quick speedrun. And I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago that the best thing about Resi games is that they feel like a, a substantial, meaty kind of experience first time round where you're really scared, you're unprepared for the shocks, and there are some real, real shocks in this. I got really, really genuinely scared by one part of it that involved a baby. I won't say any more than that, but you'll know it when you come to it. And then the second time through or third you are busying through really really quickly you've got upgraded weapons and it's much more about how fast you can do it and how skillfully you can do the puzzles and how good your memory is about which location to go to next and how to do the the uh, the tricks and the puzzles and stuff like that and it has that as well it can be done in around a couple of hours and um, which is pretty fast uh, if you know what you're doing and you've got the right weaponry so it's a really good game. I would highly recommend it. Is it one of the best resis of the modern era? Definitely. But it's such a wide mixed bag resi. You know, you can play the original set of games and they're one thing. You can play the remakes and they're another. The remakes, I mean, the remake of the time. So of around the, two, the early 2000s, Resident Evil remake. Then there's remakes of two and three, which are completely different again from them. And they're in third person and they're great in a different way and then there's the resident evil revelations games revelations one and two which have got the best mercenary mode in my opinion if you want to play those uh, there's just so much code veronica it's different again they have kept the variety in these games which i really like so yeah it's it's really good where it stands in the pantheon is going to depend on you i would say incontrovertibly that it is a little too long the first time out in that the last section drags a little bit and it's a bit a bit more boring and a bit more samey and staid than the rest and you feel like it's put in just to make the game larger which is not necessary um i think it, i took probably about i mean the the time on the clock for me was about nine hours but in reality that was more like 18. i think if they chopped that last section and made it just a kind of 10 12 hour experience first time round maybe even less than that for people who are less inept than i am that would have been ideal but hey we are where we are it's still a great game pick it up good fun fairly cheap looks good runs a bit janky on the pc but yeah get a cheap copy on your console you're probably laughing the next two things i'm going to talk about are both mods for pc but they're interesting please don't leave please don't leave they are very good and they are very interesting. And they're not on Steam Deck, which is what me and Brad normally talk about. So the first one I'm going to talk about is TIE Fighter. Now, if you don't know, TIE Fighter is a LucasArts game from the mid to early 90s. Early 90s, actually. So it's like nearly 30 years old now at this point. And it was when LucasArts were at their absolute heyday. And it's a part of a series of ship-based fighting simulator games that they brought out obviously by the title you know you're in a tie fighter it was preceded by x-wing and then there was a game called x-wing alliance and there were a couple of mod packs and stuff as you'd expect and they were hugely hugely popular and they totally blended that thing of the pc because it had tons of keys and you could buy really expensive joysticks like proper flight sticks for it that it had a really good simulator feel but it had 
the full weight of LucasArts and George Lucas behind it, so it not only felt like Star Wars, both aesthetically and story-wise, but also all of the the way that you use the simulator side of it was very Star Wars focused. So it's about switching between your shields and your weapons because you've got to maintain your energy. It's about targeting certain enemies, targeting items, uh, collecting cargo, docking, all sorts of things that you would expect from a, a space simulator that's midway between feeling like Star Trek, which is basically great big battleships in space, and Star Wars, which is in the films at least, just like, you know, planes within atmosphere, like in World War II. And it blends the two so you have the best of both worlds. And it works absolutely brilliantly. Now what this has done is, there was a, in the in the sort of early 2000s, I think, or 2010s, there was a new engine created for X-Wing Alliance, which was the final game in that series, if memory serves and was the most advanced, and so they created an even more advanced engine for it. Still, you know, fairly... I mean, it's a mod pro, it's a fan project, so it's still basic by today's standards. It's not a AAA release by any stretch, but it's, it looks really, really nice, runs really, really well, and in different ratios for different sizes screens, so your standard 16 to 9, but bigger if you want it. All the mod cons, all the things that you would expect, so it has some you know, much better graphical options, it runs flawlessly, smoothly at any frame rate you want, and in the right ratio, it fits your modern gaming experience, basically. So it takes all of that stuff that you love about good PC mods, and adds them into this X-Wing game. What has been done further to that is a conversion of what is thought of as the best game, which is TIE Fighter in that series, and on a total conversion so that that works on this Alliance engine. Now getting all of this working is dead, 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 dead simple. So all I did, I bought the game on Steam, it was on sale for like £1.49, so I bought X-Wing Alliance, the original. Then I downloaded the mod pack, uh, which comes in a zip file, uninstalled it, played the game once so it built its, its files up, turned it off. Then I downloaded the two uh, TIE Fighter Total Conversion things, which is just you know the first one and its update, unzipped them, stuck them in the folders, that's all I needed to do there. And then the final thing, first time you run it, you click on a little configurator, which is like an injector, it injects options and stuff into old games, so when you've got mods, you very often have these injectors that do this for you, they're just like a little menu basically. Very, very front-end friendly, great user experience stuff. Click on that, just say which one version you want to play, what options you want to use, the original sound or the new sound, you know, one of the old MIDI files or the new stuff, new visuals or old, anything you want, dead easy, easy to tweak, and you're in. Now, on top of this, it supports VR. Unbelievably. Fan project, works with VR. Now, cockpit experiences in VR games are very often the absolute best because you sat down, you don't have to worry about motion, all you have to do is move your head around and feel like you're inside the cockpit of whatever you're in, whether it's a spaceship, whether it's a fighter pilot, you know, cockpit, whatever, whether it's in a, in a car, you know, race car, feels great. And this works perfectly, I've not had any trouble whatsoever with VR, doesn't make me sick, very smooth, really high res, even more immersive, If you, it's one of those things that is, is you know, you're sitting there thinking, oh, you know, can I afford to, you know, 
maybe like for example can i buy the new quest headset will i get enough out of it for however much it costs 400 500 quid is it worth me getting a ps5 and a psvr2 when that's 500 quid for the headset alone and then there's the games whereas with this if you've got a headset or even an old one like i have a rift s uh, you can just play it and it costs you effectively nothing well actually nothing amazing great to keep one around keep a headset around on your pc if you can and works flawlessly and then the third mod which comes into it is one that i bought which is voice attack now this is something that you can buy on steam and it works using combination of voice attack's own technology and the built-in windows voice recognition tech and it just allows you to do commands and controls in game using your voice now this is useful anyway for pretty much anything but especially games with lots of buttons especially games that use keyboards especially that, that use keyboard shortcuts and multiple key presses and here's the clincher when you're in vr you can't see your keyboard so it cuts out having to be like oh bloody hell have i got to try and memorize in physical space where my keys are to press them don't have to do that anymore so i bound all sorts to it you know target the next enemy in uh, in reticle you know target the next uh, objective um, change my speed to a third change it up to full power switch energy from weapons to deflectors all of these things just with single word commands that you specify and that it records and it gets used to your voice and your stupid northern accent and it's brilliant. It, that cost me about six fifty, I think, in the Steam sale. So I spent under a tenner on all this, and I've now got the best Star Wars flight simulator possible with voice attack controls and in VR. And that is when that's like the the gaming golden path. <laughs> you know, it's when everything comes together. It's cheap. It's easy. It's not technically demanding it's not difficult to set up and it gives you an amazing experience that you can't replicate anywhere else it's a much much better game already than star wars squadrons which came out recently which was all right wasn't bad but i just felt that the controls weren't entirely right the missions were a bit repetitive and it was the difficulty was really high and the difficulty is high on this but just the way that you do it in small chunks of missions works really well absolutely fantastic even without vr even without voice command i could highly recommend it it's really cheap to buy x-wing alliance but if you have the option to get voice attack i would highly recommend that and if you own a vr headset already for pc it's an absolute must must purchase so just go for it is all i can say unless you absolutely hate simulator games then don't you know, obviously don't bother with it then but if you even like them a little bit and you want to experiment and play around with it for like a couple of quid for the game and then a few more quid for voice attack absolutely great you'll get all of your money's worth out of it now my final game of the week is yet another ancient game not quite as ancient as x-wing alliance and tie fighter but almost and that is quake so why am i playing quake again when i played it a few months ago on my xbox because they managed to get the rights to it and the all the original nine snails trent Reznor music uh, and played it to completion all the way through then well i'll tell you for why it's because there is another fan-made project and this has added rtx ray trace lighting to quake now you'll remember that they've done this with quake 2 
uh, which I also played with RTX. I have to say that so far from what I've experienced, the implementation of this is far more successful than it is in uh, Quake 2 RTX. Much better. And the reason seems to be, and I'm no expert on this stuff, but it looks like they've gone for more things like glow and environmental effects. So ray traced contact lighting, shadows and glow. Uh, than they have gone for ray-traced reflections. Now, there are some ray-traced reflections in it, but not very many, and they're normally nicely used effects. Uh, it's not crazy, but your mileage will vary depending on your hardware, obviously. So what, yeah, you can skip this bit if you're not interested, but what I've got it set to, I tried to put the DLSS injector in there so that it would be able to use that, but for some reason it's not detecting it. That'll be on my end, something I did wrong, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, I'm using FSR, so if you don't know what FSR is, FSR is a software-based uh, resolution image upscaler. So DLSS is a hardware-based one based on your, your graphics cards, NVIDIA graphics cards, whereas AMD developed, I believe it's AMD, developed FSR, Fidelity X, I think, super resolution. So it's a software scaler so obviously it's uh it's it's not as good as DLS dlss but it's good it'll work on any computer and it works on mine i've stuck it on balanced so the ray trace effects aren't crazy over the top but they add so much atmosphere uh, they add a lot of depth and one of the things that's great about injecting this stuff into our games is that obviously a lot of the textures and patterns are very basic and they're repeated and attractive stuff really that was in the original game really stands out different architecture etc whereas the injector with having the realism of you know smoky lighting and filtered light coming in through non-direct sources bounce lighting off walls and floors glow from uh dimly lit little bulbs you know in the corners things like that it adds a lot of atmosphere to even basic rooms and when you walk into a big open environment that has in quake you know the equivalent of strip lighting because it does because it's you know set in the future the, the the difference between the two is much more pronounced because it doesn't just have this generic unfiltered uh lighting texture or you know screen it doesn't even you know it's way before screen space ambient occlusion so it doesn't even have like sharp contrasty shadows and stuff like that in the original game so you end up with all of these shadows where they should be and you get light filtering down from bulbs that should be there you know and you're like oh that's what oh i see so what they've done is the, the developers meant it to look like this that's what they were going for and instead of you being like there's a you know a cone of light that's spread across a wall that looks like you know just a different texture it actually looks like there's one texture and there's light that's streaming down and it changes depending on where you are in the room and all of that is like if you try and do that on modern games, it's so expensive that it tanks your performance. And they've really struggled in this current generation with trying to get the balance right with that. Hence the need for stuff like DLSS, so you can run things at a lower internal resolution, which is then upscale. With this, that doesn't matter. Like, oh, it does. I mean, I'm having to run it at 1440p rather than at 4K, because it's, it's demanding. And even then, I'm running it on balance rather than quality mode. Um, again, if I could activate DLSS, that might change. But anyway, it doesn't matter because it looks phenomenal. And I really love that because it's go—it's just going, 
it's telling the computer that this thing is a is a bulb this thing is a source a shaft of light from the sky you know this thing is a hard shadow this is where it should be going and you just tell the computer to work it out from that and it does it and so not only are you making the game more like have the atmosphere that the developers originally intended you're not changing the game really into something that it isn't because all you're doing is saying you know computer <laughs> make sure that you do this you know put this thing in where it should be based on these coordinates so it's a lovely way of taking an old game and adding some really wonderful atmospheric scary dingy grim visceral stuff to an old game and you know this was a fan project and i'm hoping that we see it from all sorts of different areas as the years go on you know because the the things that you could do with you know to go back to resi to the resident evil games you know anything any of the early 3d stuff would benefit from it massively for a start but then anything even later than that you know stuff that started to look a little bit kind of dated or bland um the textures start looking a bit flat i'm thinking of early ps3 and 360 stuff specifically but also imagine chucking it into like the likes of ridge racer or out you know not outrun because it's like 2d but outrun 2 um oh you know i would love to see what it looks like it might ruin the game but in some cases it's just going to be chef's kiss and yeah it's going to be great seeing this come in so as the cost of this technology goes down the ease of use goes up the the number of engines that have it built in like you know like the unreal 5 engine and stuff the more technology catches up i reckon the more fan projects we'll, we'll see with this stuff chucked in and giving stuff not even just a new lease of life but making them the games that they could have been if that technology was there at the time because that was already in the designer's head absolutely great i would really recommend checking this out it's a free uh, upgrade the game itself is still cheap if it's not cheap enough for you the steam sale will be along very very shortly the christmas sale wait for that grab steam uh, grab quake then probably only cost you a couple of quid go for it honestly superb stuff now all we need is a vr mod eh come on do it so that's it so just before i go just a little quick talk about illness especially as it's near christmas and i know a lot of people will be feeling rough so yeah i'm still getting over covid it's taking ages so this is my third week now and i've got i got rid of all what you'd class as the main symptoms within about five or six days since then i've had i don't know what you'd what you'd call it i don't know whether i'd go as far as saying long covid is yet it's probably way too early to call it that but i'm i've still got respiratory problems uh, I will feel fine and then I'll walk up flight stairs and feel exhausted. I get really tired in the mid to late afternoon, like sleepy nap tired, which I never normally do. And this is three, three and a half weeks in. So it's really bad. It's really bad. And I know some people don't get it as badly. I think I've been really unlucky with it, you know, uh, which, yeah, which is fair. I don't get ill very much and I don't get ill very badly very often. So, yeah, yeah, probably deserve it. <laughs> but it's really horrible to see my, my wife go through it at the same time, especially as she, you know, she doesn't cope with being ill very well, which is you know totally reasonable. There's no reason why you should be stoic in these situations. It's just a horrible situation to be in. I feel really bad for Brad, who doesn't have COVID, but has you know a, a virus type thing by the sounds of it. 
I feel really bad for him just having that that going on at the moment. It's also grim, and Christmas can often be like that in the run-up, at least when you start slowing down or you stop for Christmas if you have that fortune. And the thing to do is yes, to be patient and kind with people who are ill, uh, and look after people in your your nearest environment, especially with the cost of living crisis and people not being able to heat their homes very well. But I would also say, as the main point really, is just remember that COVID is still around and don't be ashamed to wear a mask. I mean, I'd given up and got out of the habit of it. Believe me, I'm not going to do that again, not if I go to a crowded space. I caught it in a, clearly caught it when I went to a Christmas market. Uh, we did it on the spur of a moment. We'd gone into town, we'd gone to a place that wasn't particularly busy, the library. <laughs> Never going to be that busy, eh? And we decided on the spur of the moment to check out the new Chester market and it was packed for people and we clearly got it there. Now I would not do that again. I would I would if I wouldn't go, I don't think. But if I was gonna go, I would wear a mask and I'd wear my 3M like forearm belt and braces, practically in a you know in a contain what's that what's that film with the monkeys? Contagion? Whatever, you know, that one. I would be like in a full on uh, Andromeda strain survival suit next time because it's it, I never want to have COVID again it's absolutely it's been dreadful and my fear of losing my you know perspicacity <laughs> losing my ability to think properly to have long COVID and for it to impact my brain uh, you know over the long term it terrifies me I really don't you know I've, I've had asthma all my life I've had terrible respiratory problems that have got better as I've got older I don't want to have that I don't want to be thinking that I'm going to have to look forward to basically having the equivalent of emphysema for the rest of my life when I'm only 46. So, you know, I'm going back to taking a lot of care and I don't care what how people look at me or how they judge me for it. This thing is still around. It's really nasty. You should take steps to prevent getting it, people. Believe me. I avoided it for nearly three years. Then I caught it. It's the worst. It's, I think conceptually now... I can say, even though I've had, I had a, a bout of gastroenteritis that made me lose two stone in about three days, about five days, which was the, probably the illest I've ever been and was close to being hospitalised through dehydration. And I've had salmonella poisoning and I've had the flu where I've slept for 16 hours straight because I was hallucinating and completely out of it and had an ear infection at the same time. And yet this is still the thing that has upset me the most. So... All I can say is, please avoid it. Avoid big crowds. If you have to go, consider wearing a mask. Treat COVID with the horrible respect that it deserves. And with that, I'm going to leave you. So, sorry this has been a bit of an unexpected change to the format. I hope it was okay. hope you were at least a little bit interested in the old guff that I was talking about this week. I've not been playing anything new. I had the Callisto protocol all lined up to play, and then I didn't buy it because it's a technical mess on PC and I wanted to play it on Steam Deck I've had the opportunity to buy it on PS5 and I was like nah I can't bother. I'm going to wait till it's cheap next year now on PC and they fixed all the bugs so no new game for me this week and that's the reason why but hopefully yeah the talk of the old gear and the old clobber was interesting enough so in the meantime follow us on all the socials look after yourselves stay healthy stay COVID free if you possibly can don't let christmas put too much pressure on you we're here on discord if you want to reach out and talk even on christmas day other than that please do look after yourselves 
stay safe and stay sane.